Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Good morning. Um, for any visitors or people watching online, I'm the guest pastor today. Um, I just I heard so many times like you look so different. We got a new pastor, but because um, I got a haircut. Um, but my name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad that you're here to worship and to fellowship with us. And uh, I gotta say, my heart is very full. Like with all of us just kind of gathered here. Um, and hearing the voices, um, singing and stuff, um, it just really made me happy. And then a volunteer choir, like I've never done that before I came to this church, but I'm like, yeah, let's just come up and never practice and sing a song that you may not know and, and give it all and, uh, praise God, it works. Um, so, uh, my heart's really full, but Jen said something that just, I'm, I'm off script right now. But Jen said something that um, really resonated with me um, whenever she was doing her prayer request. That some of us sometimes, we feel like the absence of God is more real than the presence of God. And uh, I forget sometimes. You know, it's so easy to be on all your good feelings, right? That you forget that. And you don't make space for that. And you don't acknowledge that. And um, it's true. Uh, last night, this is uh, about 10 minutes before I went to bed, I heard this song I'd never heard before. Um, and I mean, I'm pulling it up here. I'm not going to play it for you, but I can figure out how to get to it. But it's written by this guy named Andy Gullihorn, who I've never heard of either. Um, but he wrote this song called God Forsaken Place. And it's about Holy Saturday, um, when Jesus died. And I've never heard the song about Holy Saturday, which is why I listened to it. And, um, and it's that, that day um, when Jesus was dead and descended to the dead. And you know, the, the chorus of that line, or kind of the, the refrain to that line is, even hell is not a God-forsaken place. Because Christ descended down. He descended to the dead, but he was not content to stay there. He arose, and that is what we're here to celebrate. But to get there, we have to acknowledge that sometimes things die. Sometimes things, things are hard. And so I do want to acknowledge that, and I just want to start us with that. Um, so if you are, if that resonates with any of you, if that's where you're at, um, I want you all to know that we're here for you and we pray for you. And that no matter how alone you may feel, that Christ is here for you. Um, in the, the bulletin, there are these Care and Connect cards. I know that Christy said, um, but we do pray for these. We'd love to pray for you. Um, on the other side, there's the Connect, and we send out a newsletter every week. And, you know, most weeks I write something, 
Um, I'll write something. Um, Vince is really good about writing things, and Christy's really good about, there's actually too much stuff probably for a good newsletter, but you get to see our hearts and things that are important to us and what we're praying about, if you ever get onto there. But there's also a, hey, I would like to visit with you. I'd like to meet you. And uh, I wish I could give you all a connect card like, yes, I would like to meet you. Um, but I can't. Well, I guess I did. It was in the bulletin. I would like to meet you. You just tell me when and where. So you tell me when and where, and then you put it into the offering thing. I would love to grab a cup of coffee with you. Um, Vince would love to grab a cup of coffee with you. Uh, Christy would love to grab a cup of coffee with you. Or tea, or hot chocolate, or milkshakes. I'm a big fan of going out for milkshakes. Um, but that's all not my sermon. I know that there are kids here, and sometimes they're a little squirmy, and I'm sorry, guys. Sometimes you're, you're bored, and sometimes parents have a hard time, and you're embarrassed because your kids are doing goofy things. Um, I like that. I like that. Um, and it's really easy for me to say I like that because I'm here and my wife is with my children. Um, but um, I, <laughs> I like having you guys all together. Um, actually, whenever we started, we're like, are we going to do children's church or are we going to have a Sunday school? And I was like, let's just keep the children up with us all the time. And, you know, I got outvoted because I was like, I just want them all around and making noises and squirming around. But um, we're glad that you're here, no matter how squirmy or, or whatever you are. And parents, remember... You're the one that's embarrassed. The people around you are actually kind of, they, they don't mind. Um, it's you, <laughs> okay? Um, so, this morning we are going to say, tell the same story that we tell every Sunday. It's the same story that we tell every Sunday. That God loves everything that he made, and that includes you. All right? God loves everything he made, and that includes you. And through his son, Jesus Christ, everything that stands in the way of that love has been torn down, has been torn away. And we've been invited to receive that love and to enter into a new world, a world that is centered on the love of God. I mean, that is the point of all these songs that we're singing, the scripture that we're studying, the community that we participate in, all the work that we do, right? That's the center. That's the whole point. And so this morning, I want to look at one of Jesus' parables. And in case you didn't know, uh, Jesus often used parables, these, these short little stories to explain truths about God, ourselves, and the world, and the way Jesus intended things to be. So let me read this parable from John 10 to you. I assure you that whoever doesn't enter into the sheep pen through the gate, but climbs over the wall is a thief and an outlaw. The one who enters through the gate is a shepherd, is the shepherd of the sheep. The guard at the gate opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Whenever he gathered all of his sheep, he goes before them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger, but will run away because they don't know the stranger's voice. Those who heard Jesus use this analogy didn't understand what he was saying. So Jesus spoke again. I assure you that I am the gate of the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and outlaws, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so they could have life. Indeed, so that they could live life to the fullest. 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And when he, the hired hand sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. That's because he isn't the shepherd. The sheep aren't really his. So the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. He's only a hired hand, and the sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I give up my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that don't belong to the sheep pen. I must lead them too. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me. I give up my life so that I can take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I give it up because I want to. I have the right to give it up, and I have the right to take it up again. I receive this command from the Father. The shepherd, the thieves, and the wolves. And you. I, I love this story because it's a story about sacrifice. The shepherd loves his sheep so much that he's willing to sleep in front of the entryway. So much that he's willing to sleep in front of the entryway, acting like a living gate. The shepherd will lay down in front of the gates so that no one can come into the pen that doesn't belong. Because the shepherd will protect the sheep in their home. People have come to steal the sheep, but the shepherd is there and will protect them. And, and, and not just at home. No, the shepherd isn't just going to keep the sheep at home. These are pastor-fed, like free-range sheep. He'll take his sheep out into the wide world. Well, there'll be wolves and other dangerous things about, but he's going to keep the sheep safe. The shepherd will guard the sheep with his very body because he loves the sheep and he'll protect the sheep with his life. That's the Easter story. That's the Easter story right there. Now, I could go on about the theology and I could give you some context about the, the political power plays that are going on in the world. Like, I kept, you know, part of the thing about when you pull out a story, you always can, like, go a little bit further back. And so I was like, oh, well, you really got to know about the blind man because this is the context and that's, like, the whole other chapter. But um, there's so much. And I could even go on more about how this foreshadows the story of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. But sometimes there's just so many details. There's so many ways that you can study the story that you miss the main point. But this is an epic story of true love. Right? The story of a good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. He saves them from thieves and wolves that want to destroy them. And Jesus makes it clear. Jesus makes it clear. The shepherd does it willingly. He does it willingly. No one forces the shepherd to do this. Instead, he is motivated by his love. Now, in case you're not clear, the shepherd is Jesus. Jesus actually says, I am the shepherd. Huh? We're the sheep. That's right. That's my next line. No, I'm just kidding. Um, his love for the Father. He said to guard the sheep. His love for the sheep. His, his fierce desire to protect them and to rescue them from those that are trying to do them harm. Right? This is a story all about love. And this Easter, I want you to hear this. The good shepherd lays down his life to save the sheep from the wolves and the thieves. Now, we've already kind of established the cast of character. Jesus, the shepherd, you and me, we're the sheep. And then what are the wolves and the thieves? What are the wolves in this life? Because in this world, they're wolves, right? They're things that bite at you and, and rip at you and tear at you and claw at you, right? 
things that work their way into you and, and, and work to destroy you. And what are those things? Now, I, I really, you know, they, I could just go on and on with the list. So I just kind of picked a few. I, I, I went on to my, um, to my BFF Google and I asked, what is ruining people's lives? And, um, and actually almost all of them said technology. It was like technology, 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 technology. But, um, so, uh, but once you actually like got into what the technology was doing, there were some things that came up, some common things. Comparison. How many of us are ruining our lives by comparing it to some idealized version of another person's life? Comparison, that is a wolf that comes to kill. Fear. How many of us are making our decisions based upon fear? The fear of losing the things we have, the fear of making a mistake, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of being rejected, the fear of the negative voices that they're right, Fear is a wolf that comes to destroy. Avoidance. Avoidance. Hiding from pain and trauma, the hard things that we've experienced. Um, I, I gave up news uh, during this Lent time. And so I, I've been listening to um, this podcast a lot lately. Um, it's called the Anonymous Esquo Podcast. Anybody ever listen to it? Um, it's a, it's a podcast, it's based here in Alaska, and it's, it's about um, people who are sharing their recovery stories, about their stories about quitting drinking and um, substance abuse. And, and so they're, they're, they're also, it's not a Christian podcast, it's, they're, they're, people are coming from all different ways and stuff, but the, the common theme I've been hearing in, in all these stories is the hardest part of recovery is having to face all the things you've been hiding from. Avoidance, boy, that is a wolf that comes to tear and destroy, isn't it? Unforgiveness, that's another wolf, right? We don't know how to forgive, right? And forgiveness is just saying, I'm not gonna let something have, a, have power over me, right? It's, so, but for some reason we make it think, we think like that forgiveness means saying that bad things were okay to happen. Like, oh, I'm, that, that bad thing that happened, that's okay. That's not, that's not okay. And so we let unforgiveness dominate our lives. And unforgiveness, that is a wolf that comes to destroy. And, and, and there's more, I can go on, right? There are all these, all these, all these things that come to destroy us, all these, all these sins, all these marks of brokenness and of hurt and patterns of behavior, self-destructive behavior, cycles like in your families. All of these are wolves that come to destroy. They're thieves that are coming to take your life, steal, kill, and destroy. Gosh, there's so many wolves out there. But in the story, amongst the wolves, out there in front, blocking the thieves, there is a shepherd. And he's calling us to safety, right? Do you hear his voice? Because he goes before us and he's fighting off the wolves. He's fighting off the thieves. And he calls us. The good shepherd calls us all. He's calling to me. He's calling to you. I will protect you. There is safety with me. Right? There's family here. Come, come, to, come, with, come to be with the flock. Don't be by yourself. Don't get picked off alone. Come to me. 
The thieves and the wolves only want to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give you life. He comes to give you his life. He lays it down for you. But death could not hold him. Death is another thief. It's another wolf. You know, the ultimate thief, the alpha wolf, right? But as we say, he is risen. He is risen. That's right. And you've probably heard the story before, right? Because this is the Easter story. Some of you, this is, this, is your, this is your time of year. This is when you come to church. This is where you hear the story, right? This is our defining story. It's a story that we say over and over again. I'm not telling you anything that most of you have not heard. This is the story of our Savior. Because Jesus was betrayed by his disciples. But he is risen. And he was abandoned by his friends. But he is risen. And he was unjustly arrested and found guilty at a mock trial. But he is risen. And he carried his cross to Golgotha where he was crucified, but he is risen. And on the cross, Jesus forgave those who persecuted him, and he is risen. And he cried out to his father, God, and then he died, but he is risen. And Jesus' body was taken down and placed in a tomb, but he is risen. And there was a day of silence and despair, and it looked like the thieves and the wolves of one. But he is risen. And Mary came to prepare his body and found out that he is risen. And that is our hope. He is the gate. He is the shepherd. He has made a way to the Father because he is risen. And Jesus has come to find you and to rescue you because he is risen. And Jesus has come to offer you a new life and forgiveness of sin because he is risen. That's right. Do we hear the shepherd's voice? Do we hear the shepherd's voice? Because there is a voice calling, saying life does not have to be like this. Those wolves, those wolves have no power over you. Those thieves have no power over you. The shepherd is calling. We've been uh, reading Colossians over the, the past I know, six weeks or so. We've been studying it. And so I just want to read this part of Colossians again because it's so good. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation, because all things were created by him, both in heavens and on the earth, and the things that are visible and the things that are invisible. Whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things. And all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. The firstborn from among the dead, so that he might occupy the first place in everything. Because all the fullness of God was pleased to live in him. And he reconciled all things to himself and through him. Whether things on earth or in heavens. And he brought peace through the blood of his cross. Once you were alienated from God... And you were enemies with him in your own minds, which was shown by your own actions. But he has reconciled you by his physical body through death to present you before God as a people, as a people who are holy, holy, whole, faultless, and without blame 
And because we're reconciled, because we're brought to peace and presented as God's holy people, we can come to him unashamed, made new. So let's repent. This is something we do over and over again. This is our day by day. Like I said, this is not an old story. Or this is an old story. This is not a new story. This is the story of every Sunday. This is the story of every day that you wake up of new life in Christ. Are you going to hear that shepherd's voice again? I always say, I've, I've always said, you guys are probably tired of hearing me say this, that repentance is a gift. Repentance is a gift. It means that you're not stuck. Okay? I think uh, sometimes we feel like repentance means is an accusation. Like, repent, and that's an accusation. But that's good news. It means you're not stuck. It means you're not lost. It means that you have a second chance. That you can course correct. So let's turn away from the fools and the thieves that seek to destroy us so that we can find new life in Christ. Um, I actually want us to pray the prayer of confession together. Um, it's in the hymnals, but uh, I think we have, also have it up here. Um, so please join me in this prayer. You can follow along. So reading along. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us all of our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. May he strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, may he keep us in eternal life. Amen. And I, I also want us to, to recite the Apostles' Creed. Because this is what we believe. This is kind of our... Are like, okay, this is our manifesto. This is our time. So um, let us uh, recite this together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into Hades. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of the God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. He is risen. Amen.